Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in our review of Stanley's War. It's October of 1945. The Silver King has arrived in New York Harbor after his second Atlantic crossing and has taken a train ride from New York City to Fort McPherson, Georgia, for his separation from the Army of the United States. The Silver King's official paperwork for his separation begins with a major heading, Army of the United States, Separation Qualification Record. Save this form. It will not be replaced if lost. This record of job assignments and special training received in the Army is furnished to the soldier when he leaves the service. In its preparation, information is taken from available Army records and supplemented by personal interview. The information about civilian education and work experience is based on the individual's own statements. The veteran may present this document to former employers, prospective employers, representatives of schools or colleges, or use it in any other way that may be beneficial to him. The form begins, item one, last name, first name, middle initial, Silverfield, Stanley L., item two, Army serial number, 0765449, three, grade, first lieutenant, four, social security number, omitted, five, permanent mailing address, 3833 Glenwood Avenue, Birmingham, Jefferson County, Alabama. 6. Date of entry into active service, 15 January 1944. 7. Date of separation, 19 November 1945. 8. Date of birth, 23 April 1923. 9. Place of separation, Separation Center, Fort McPherson, Georgia. Military Occupational Assignments, Items 10, 11, and 12. Eight months as a First Lieutenant Bombardier, parenthetical 1035. Twelve months First Lieutenant Navigator Bombardier, parenthetical 1036. Summary of Military Occupations, Item 13. Title, Description, Related Civilian Occupation. Navigator Bombardier. Navigated a B-26 bomber on bombing missions in Western Europe. Responsible for bombing of targets. Responsible for maintenance and operation of bomb sites. Total flying hours, 550, of which 150 were combat hours. Took part in 27 combat missions, of which 18 were leads. Military Education, Item 14. Name or type of school, course of curriculum, duration, description. Army Air Force Bombardier Training, 
38 weeks. Instruction included a study of bombing and operation of bomb sites, navigation, and flexible gunnery. Item 15. Highest grade completed, one year of college, 16 degrees or diplomas, diploma from high school. Item 17. Year left school, 1941. Item 18. Name and address of last school attended, University of Illinois, Champaign, Illinois. 19. Major courses of study, accounting. Items 20 and 21. Other training or schooling, none. Item 22, under civilian occupations. Title, name and address of employer, inclusive dates and descriptions. Student, comma, college. Attended University of Illinois from September of 1940 to May of 1941. Took courses in accounting and regular freshman college courses. Item 23, additional information under remarks, none. 24, signature of person being separated, Stanley L. Silverfield. Signature of separation classification officer, Paul C. Cox. 26, name of officer, Paul C. Cox, First Lieutenant, Air Corps. The Silver King's separation process was two days, October 13 and 14, 1945. And his paperwork for those days is simple. It's on a form, of course, with the title Headquarters Separation Center, Officer Separation Branch, Fort McPherson, Georgia, with a schedule for the roster, which begins with an orientation at 1300, and a final medical exam at 1530, with physical responsibilities at 0800. And the following day will be counseling at 0900, then medical clearance at 1100 hours, and departure slated for 1130 hours. On that roster are five names. First Lieutenant Bailey Wilbur M. Jr. Second Lieutenant Birdsall James E. First Lieutenant Couch Earl D. First Lieutenant Dundas William J. First Lieutenant Silverfield Stanley L. The instructions for those days are simple. Officers must be on time Otherwise, all processing is delayed. All groups depart from Building T-1206, parenthetical OSB, with a guide for final medical and fiscal processing after being assembled by the guide. At times, a group may be delayed for a few minutes at some point in processing. Your understanding and cooperation in this regard will be greatly appreciated. Officers do not report to the medical branch for final medical clearance. The last paperwork that our hero, the Silver King, receives during his separation from the Army of the United States are two letters, both dated 14 October 1945. 
The first is from Army Service Forces, 4th Service Command, Separation Center, Fort McPherson, Georgia. Subject, appointment under Section 37 National Defense Act as amended to First Lieutenant Stanley Lester Silverfield, 3833 Glenwood Avenue, Birmingham, Alabama. 14 October 1945. Item A, First Lieutenant Air Corps Reserve. B, 0765449. Item 1. The Secretary of War has directed me to inform you that by direction of the President, you are tendered appointment in the Officers Reserve Corps, Army of the United States, effective this date, in the grade and section shown after A above. Your serial number is shown after B above. Item 2. There is enclosed herewith a form for oath of office, which you are requested to execute and return promptly to the agency from which it was received by you. The execution and return of the required oath of office constitute an acceptance of your appointment. No other evidence of acceptance is required. Upon receipt in the War Department of the Oath of Office, properly executed, a commission evidencing your appointment will be sent to you. Item 3. Prompt action is requested since the regulations require cancellation of the tender of appointment if acceptance is not received within a reasonable time. Item 4. You will not perform the duties of an officer under this appointment until specifically so directed by competent orders. Item 5. Whenever your permanent address is changed, it is important that you notify all concerned using the enclosed personal report form. Signed, Dill D. Beckman, Major, AGD, Commanding. Enclosures, Form 4, Oath of Office, Personal Report Form. The second letter is from the War Department, the Adjutant General's Office in Washington, D.C. Subject Appreciation. 2. First Lieutenant Stanley Lester Silverfield, 0765449. Air Corps Reserve, 3833 Glenwood Avenue, Birmingham, Alabama, 14 October, 1945. Item 1. It is desired to express to you the appreciation of the War Department for your continued service to the national defense by your acceptance of an appointment as an officer in the Reserve Corps. Your aid and that of the other veteran officers who, like you, are displaying an active interest by remaining in the reserve will be invaluable in building and maintaining a sound and effective post-war army. You and your comrades, by your counsel, your leadership, and your wholesome influence on public opinion, may well make the difference between mediocrity and complete success. Item 2. AR-140-5 and the other Army regulations governing the Officers' Reserve Corps necessarily will be revised to conform with such statutes as may be enacted to govern the post-war Army. 
the revised regulations and other information concerning the Officers Reserve Corps will be made available in the future. Item 3. As soon as the press of work permits, a formal commission evidencing your appointment will be mailed to you. By order of the Secretary of War, signed Edward F. Witzel, Major General, Acting the Adjutant General. The Silver King, now in the middle of October of 1945, is both separated from the Army of the United States and invited and accepted as a member of the Reserve Officers Corps within the Air Corps. Stanley's decision to accept an appointment in the Officers Reserve Corps made much sense for him at the end of 1945. He wanted to maintain his status within the service in case there was more work to do. And of course, there were concerns about what may occur in Asia after the end of the war in the Pacific. His status in the Officers Reserve Corps meant regular reporting throughout those years. And one of the things that he decided to do, which made much difference for him in terms of remaining available but not serving was to find a post-war role as a civilian in an essential job. And the Silver King found that job working for his brother-in-law, Lee Bernstein, at the Acme Paper Box Manufacturing Company in Chicago. Stanley's plan after separation, of course, was to first return home to a big welcome in Birmingham for days and weeks with his family and Ida's home cooking before he would move north to the bright lights of the big city he loved so much, Chicago. And as our hero, the Silver King, arrives in Birmingham to celebrate Thanksgiving with the warmth of his folks and his extended family of aunts and uncles and cousins, we have reached the end of this episode of our review of Stanley's War. And you are listening to The Silver King's War. <laughs> 